Um, why don't you join me as we pray? Father, we just pray this morning that you would speak to our hearts and you would help us to um, take this passage of Scripture and help us to see how it relates to the spiritual warfare that Joshua was part of and that we're part of. Help us to see how that um, involves us and how we can engage. Um, we see Joshua was very effective and we want to be effective, God, and we just pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen. So, um, I, I'm, you probably, when you've heard me talk about, we we're going to be talking about spiritual warfare, and you're going, oh, are we starting a series in Joshua? And the answer is no, but I think Joshua is a good representative of what it looks like to engage. He engaged in physical and spiritual warfare at the same time, and so I, I want to talk about that. But I, I want to begin by, um, I just feel like y'all need a good, a good, a good test this morning. So, um, true false, it's, you got a 50-50 shot at it. So, some, I mean, you could miss all three and get a zero, or you might get all three correct and make a hundred. But, the, okay, so, uh, true or false, America is at war. Yeah. Um, true or false, this one's a little tougher. You have to think about it for a minute. And, and I know my questions are always leading. You're going, what is he really asking? Okay, so true or false, Christianity is winning. Ah, there we go. See, you're already thinking out loud. It's like, wait, wait, wait a minute. We're not, it might feel like we're losing, but we're not losing. Okay, so good. I, I saw that little shift in discomfort. It's like, wait, I'm not sure. Okay, and then lastly, true or false, the battle rages in our community. Absolutely. Absolutely. Okay, so um, uh, it wasn't but a couple of years ago that I, I preached on this topic. I went back and looked because I, I talk about it a lot in different settings, and I kind of realized it wasn't that long ago when I preached on the topic, and then uh, kind of like as we got closer, I was kind of thinking, Lord, is, it, is, this, what, is this what I'm supposed to talk about? Uh, and then, you know, I was like, well, I think maybe we talked about it some a little bit not too long ago, and it's like, yes, this is, this is the topic. I said, all right. And then I thought, well, maybe, maybe before we dive into Ephesians 6, this is where you have to go if you're going to talk about spiritual warfare. There's many passages you want to go to. You're going to have to, get, you're going to, have to talk about Ephesians 6. I said, let me, let me step back for a minute and let me just talk about... I could, I could have gone... Folks, I could have gone to so many different passages in the Bible to make the point I want to make. And, and I, want to, I want to talk about God's war. And that's what we're talking about. This is God's war. Spiritual warfare is God's war. And it's from Genesis to Revelation. And it started in the book of Genesis when, well, really it started before Genesis. It involved us in Genesis. In other words, it started before Adam and Eve fell because the war started when one of God's lead angels started a great rebellion. And he began a resistance movement that permeates, saturates, and pulsates our world. And then it's gone all the way to the end when we read in Revelation chapter 20, one of many passages that 
bring up this. It says, but fire came down from heaven and consumed them and the devil who had this evening, who had this, um, well, I didn't type that in too well. Um, well, whatever, the devil was thrown into the lake of fire and sulfur where the beast and false prophet were and they were tormented day and night forever and ever. So Satan has his run. He has his run from when he began the rebellion till God terminates his rebellion. And that's God's war. Okay, this is God's war. It's not my war, it's not your war, it's God's war. There was a war taking place and it's God's war. He is the one leading it. Actually, he's the one that set the whole thing up. He literally set the whole thing up. I mean, why would God set up a war like this? To display the glory of God and the glory of Jesus Christ. This is his means to display the perfect glory of his son and what a powerful redeemer he is. And he set it up in such a way that we're involved in this and he, he, we are participants in this. And he did something that um, sometimes feels... Uh, Sometimes people question this. Sometimes people overemphasize one side of this or the other. But he, he did something for us and it's called free will. And he gave us free will in this war. And we're going to have to decide which side we're on. And it's going to be a decision that's going to determine... Not only this life, but the life to come. It's going to determine everything. So that's what I want, to, I want to talk about. So there's a spiritual war and we're all in it and it's God's war. So I want to I just begin with a reminder that the world is a war zone. The Bible is the story of God's love to human beings and how he sent his son into the world to be our savior by confronting and defeating evil. God is confronting evil. He will defeat evil. And He is currently defeating evil. So the context of this story, or God's war, is a cosmic battle between good and evil, between God and Satan. And of course, I, I know you know that this is not a battle between equals. You understand that, right? It's not like Star Wars and you're wondering who's going to win, Darth Vader or the little guy. You know, like, who's going to win? It's like, no, this is not a war between equals. Satan doesn't have a shot. He doesn't have a chance, but he can create a lot of stir. And the only reason God allows him to do that is so the Son of God can be magnified and so that people can um, turn to him and display the, the, the mighty power of, of God to defeat evil and to deliver people. So the war starts in heaven, but it comes down to earth. And the, the rebellion just permeates the world where we live. So... I want to I point out a couple of things. Why did I choose Joshua? Um, no, no particular great reason. I could have chosen Moses, Isaiah, Jeremiah, Peter, Daniel. I could have chosen any of God's servants. And I, I chose Joshua because one of the earliest Bible verses I memorized as a young Christian was Joshua 1.8. And I just remembered, I always thought about Joshua in my Christian journey. It's like, what a bold, courageous man of God. And many times I've turned back to that teaching in Joshua 1 when I'm in the midst of the battle of God. 
And I'm reminded, don't turn left, don't turn to the right. Stay true to God and His Word. And that's the success. That's the true definition of success. It's not what the world calls success. But it's what God would define as success. And that's being faithful to God and aligning with God in God's war. And I thought jo Joshua was a pretty good soldier. Joshua was a pretty faithful man. Moses died. And Moses was faithful. And then God raised up Joshua and he was faithful. And there's some really good applications here for us. So well, let me mention just eight things that I think are just right here. God never leaves his promises unfulfilled. And that's all Joshua was doing. He was, he was part of God's fulfilling his promise. He just came along. God made promises back in Genesis 3 to, to bring a means of salvation for everyone who was lost and going to be punished for their rebellion against God. And God promised a Savior. And then He promised them again in Genesis 12 when Abraham, He calls Abraham to be part of His great war. He invites him into this great war over on God's side. And He said, hey Abraham, I'm going to win this war and I'd like, I want you to be part of it. And and it's going to affect all nations and we're going to defeat Satan. And I want you to join in my battle. And then he even tells Abraham, he says, Hey, for 400 years, you're promised. You need to be patient for me to fulfill this. You're not going to actually see the fulfillment. But don't you worry, I will fulfill this. I will keep my promise. And so this nation develops in, of all places in the midst of slavery. It doesn't look like success, but they become slaves in Egypt. And God says, keep your eye on me. I will keep my word. And then he rescues them. And this group comes out. And Moses is raised up as another leader of God. And it's like, Moses, I want you to be part of my... I'm recruiting you for my war, for God's war. Moses became a, a very important leader. And he's, he says, well, I'm going to overthrow Pharaoh, the mightiest leader, one of the mightiest leaders in the world at that time, and he over, overcomes Pharaoh, and he leads them, faithfully leads them out into the wilderness, but then the people do what we people do often, and that's they rebelled again against God. They didn't listen, they didn't pay attention, and yet God continued, and that whole generation ends up dying in the wilderness because they re refused to listen to God, and they wanted an easier life, and they kept questioning God's wisdom, but God just kept on and He fulfilled His promise through Joshua and Joshua spent the latter part of his year not relaxing, um, but fighting, fighting this great war, entering into the great war of God. And that's what we're to do, right? We're to enter in and all the way to the end, be strong. And so what was it, what kept them going? What keeps people going? What keeps you going? It's that God will keep His promise. God's promised these amazing, wonderful things to us as Christians, hasn't He? God's promised to deliver us from sin and death. He's promised to give us an inheritance in heaven. He's promised to pardon all of our sins. He's promised to clean our record. He's promised to restore our fellowship with God. He's promised to restore and renew the image of God that was lost in the fall. And part of our depraved human nature is that we're sinners and deserving of of. Um, judgment and damnation and God says I promise if you will trust in me I'll save you from all that and I'll have you a, a future more wonderful than you can ever possibly imagine 
And He makes these great promises and that's one reason we stay with Him. And God will never forsake His promise that He's made to you when you put your faith in Him. He will, he will complete. He will carry it out. Even though it feels at times like it doesn't look like it's working too well. A second point is that divinely appointed human leaders come and go. But God is the one who brings the victory. He's like, well, Moses is dead. Now you're up. Next man up. And then Joshua died and it's like, next man up. And he went through the judges. And then they died and the next man up to Saul and then David and next man up. And we've been doing this since the beginning of time. The mission is not on our backs. We're not the ones that are going to complete this. We're just players. And we're up. We're up. It's our turn. It's our call of God. We've got to take this seriously. God is going to fulfill His promise and it's our turn. And it might be flying down to Nicaragua or the Dominican Republic or over in Slovenia. But we're up. This is our moment to serve God. We have to engage in God's war. It's God's war and we're up. You understand that? Do you know that there's new recruits? There's new recruits. There's some people that want to go down to the river today and they, they've signed up. They signed up in their hearts and they said, I'm in. I'm in this battle. I am in. I'm with you. And that's exciting because God is always recruiting. He's the great recruiter and He recruits and His recruiting agent is the Holy Spirit who sits at the recruitment desk. And when someone comes in and opens the door and says, come on in, I am ready for you. Let me tell you what it's going to be like. But some people are, are liars when they recruit and they go, oh, this is going to be a fun life and you're just going to, God's going to bless your business and you're just going to have success and all your kids will be wonderful and we'll just make a little monastery for you over here and we'll protect you. That's not, that's not, that's not the recruiter. The recruiter says, come on in and join me, and it's going to be a bloody mess because it's a war, but guess what? I'm leading it, and all you have to do is sign up and watch me and do what I give you to do, and it's going to be worth it because I will fulfill my promises. Everything I've promised for the future, I will guarantee that I'm going to make that happen, and that nasty devil, that one who got you in all the trouble, we're going to take care of him. We're going to take care of him and all his wickedness. We're going to end and we're going to terminate it. And the person says, I'm in. That's what you're saying. I'm in. You're not saying, oh, I want to become a Christian so I can get a Christian husband. Well, that's a good thing. But that's not why you signed up. You signed up because you understand there's a war going on and you want to be on God's side. And... Divinely human leaders come and go. And they're going to go after we leave, friends. There's going to be leaders. God's going to raise up. He just keeps raising up, keeps raising up. But this is our time. And so let's, let's, take, our, let's take our role. And so doing that, he says, be strong and courageous for the Lord is with you. So we're going to have to be strong. And guess what? We're not strong. We're going to have to be courageous. So guess what? We're not. Courageous, we're, we're kind of fearful. We see that big old, big old enemy out there and we're like going, whoo, they got giants over there, God. You didn't tell us that giants, you talked about milk and honey. You didn't say anything about giants with 24-pound swords. 
And we get terrified. And was like, oh, I want to, can I just go to church a lot and just stay there? Isn't that safe? And sing songs and I feel good. I don't want to go out there. It's, they're mean. They're nasty. And that's not the deal. He says, you're going to need to be strong and courageous. And I have a feeling that some of you need to be stronger and more courageous because I know I do. I need courage because sometimes I don't like what might happen. And I start looking at myself and go, Lord God, I'm, I'm not a match for that. But he says, I am. I will be with you. And so be strong and courageous for the Lord is with you. We need the Lord with us. If the Lord is with us, folks, then we can carry out our mission. We can carry out our mission. It's our time, and if He is with us, we can do it. And then a fourth application or instruction is follow the manual given to us by God. He says, here's my book. Meditate on it day and night, and don't turn to the right or the left from it. You don't know if you're going right or left if you don't pick it up. You don't know if you're following it if you don't read it. And you really don't know if you're following it if you only let me read it for you. How are you going to know that I'm not one of those people that will take this book and get you all twisted up? There is a world full of people who will pick this book up and get you all twisted up. And you're not going to know if you're following God or you're just letting someone lead you who's not following God if you don't take this book as your manual. You're going to have to begin to read this book and you're going to pray to the Spirit of God and say, Lord God, will you open my eyes so I don't end up drinking Kool-Aid in South America? Okay? I don't end up following someone who is a, a liar and they have figured out how to use religion to promote themselves. Happens all the time. We're always shocked when a great leader falls. We're going, how in the world did that happen to Ravi Zacharias? How did that happen to this person? How did that happen to that person? How did they get there? Because they were infatuated with the power that religion gave them. And how are you going to know if you don't read this? You must have a living relationship with God in this great war. Because our enemy is clever. And he will lead, mislead many, many people. And he will use this book. He's smart enough to know that there's a bunch of idiots who will follow anyone who holds up a Bible. And I don't want to be an idiot. I've been stupid enough already. What I want to do is I want to make sure that I'm walking in this word that God has given to me like, like Joshua did and like all the others who have been faithful followers. Follow the manual given us by God. Number five, don't just read the book, put it into practice in all areas of your life. Every day you come to this book and say, Lord God, is there something new for me to put into practice today? Is there something in my passage today that you're putting your finger on because I'm not really walking in it? And it might be some area. You might be doing great in five, six areas and you might be going on mission trips, but you just really have a problem with lust or anger or jealousy. or addiction, or anything. And God says, well, you're, you're, you're doing okay in several areas, but you're, 
you're veering off. You're turning to the left or to the right on this issue. And that's the one issue that Satan's going to use to get you off track. And he's going to come after you. And he's going to wait till you're out here thinking this is no big deal. Thinking this little thing. Oh, I got most of my life. God's always calling you back to say, check, check under the hood, friend. See, what is that clicking noise? If there's something spiritually going on, you're like, what is that noise? What is that little thud I hear? Or that, you know, is that a lump in my tire? Or is that something, I got some, uh, you know, something in the, in the tank that shouldn't be there or whatever it is. Something's loose. You get certain people in your car, and you, you don't, let's just say that you're not a good car person and someone is a good car person sits in your car and you're driving down the road to go, ooh, that doesn't sound good. You're like, well, what doesn't sound good? Oh, that click sounds like this. Sounds like that. Sounds like you got a, a belt loose or you got a, it sounds like you don't have any oil in your, in your car like that. Smell, you don't smell that smell? Like, no, it's just, it gets me where I'm going. I put gas in it and just drive. And the same thing happens with people spiritually. And there's certain people that have a real sense of spiritual love for God. And they get around you and go, so I hear, what's that click in your life? What's that noise going on? And they're there because they just, they just love the spiritual life. And they're able to tell something's not right with you. And you're like going, oh, it's all fine. I haven't murdered anybody. It's like, well, there's a whole lot of steps before that happens, friend. And if you don't pay attention to those steps before it happens, it will happen to even you. You'll find yourself in places you never imagined. Okay, so um, number six, true success is defined by God and not by the world. God's the one that defines success for us, okay? And in this book, God says, if you'll do this, then you will have success. Success is not how much money you make. Success is not the size of your house. The success is not how good looking you are. Success is not how big your muscles are. Success is not how fast you run. Success is not what you made on the SAT. Success is not what school you went to or if you went to school. Success is not how good you are with a hammer or a, a pair of pliers. It's not how good you are with a spatula in the kitchen. Success is not all those things. Success in God's eyes is being right with God and being in God's will. That is success. Walking with God in His will. That is success. And I don't know what's threatening that for you because to you, you may have an identity at doing something and that's just so important to you. Your identity is, I'm this person. I am smart. I am clever. I am... Um, I get compliments all the time on how cool I dress. I mean, I do too. But I just want you to know that something better than that better be who you are. Um, success is defined by God and His Word. Okay, engagement is not an option for the believer. It's a command. And God even says that. He says, I, I command you. It's not an option. It's a command. Okay. And then God will always be with you to carry out His will. He tells Joshua, no matter what you're going through, do not be frightened, do not be dismayed, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. So if you're worried about going on God's errand and being forsaken, you will not. And if you ask for courage and say, Lord God, I really don't want to do this, and I know you're calling me to do this, 
and I'm terrified. But I know you wouldn't forsake me. And so I'm going to take my stand on these issues, and I don't care. I know my peers are going to make fun of me. I know my teacher's going to call me out for taking a stand. I know the social elites. I know I'm going to get slammed on Facebook and all these people. I know someone's going to see me standing up. But I'm going to stand for life. I'm going to stand for biblical sexuality. I'm going to stand for God's definition of marriage. I'm going to say sex is for a man and a woman in a marriage covenant. And that's it. I'm going to call out um, drug dealers who deal on the corner and drug dealers who deal at the pharmacy. I'm just going to stand against evil, God. And it's going to get me, I'm going to get called out and it's okay because you're going to give me courage and you're going to walk with me through this. Okay? So, I want to... We're, we're just starting, okay? We're just starting. But what I want you, I want you to sense, and I had a, a whole lot of stuff that I coulda, woulda, shoulda, and I'm gonna, <laughs> okay? I'm gonna. I don't have to say it all today. But what I want you to, I want you to grasp today, is we're engaged in a cultural war. We're engaged in the war of ideas. We're engaged in a war that's against biblical principles. And you're going to have to be strong. You're going to need courage. And there's people that like you who will stop. There's people who like you and they will stop liking you. If you do what God's calling you to do. And you've got to be okay with that. You've got to be okay with that. It's like, Lord God, this is your war. And I don't want to be on any other side. I take you. And maybe there's someone here today who just wants to be part, part of it. And you're like going, I want, to, I, 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 want, I want Jesus to come into my life because I'm ready to change sides. And that's what we're going to be doing at the baptism today. As we close and our musicians come forward, I, I just want you to think about I want you to think about how Joshua was just a player in God's war. And I want to recruit you. And maybe you already know that. But I just want you to think about the coming weeks. I want you to wake up. And I want you to tell me if you can see where the battle lines are. What are you seeing in this war? And I, I want you... Come tell me. Talk about it. Talk to your friends. Where do you see that Satan is attacking the name, the glory, the work of God? And where do you see evil rising up? And we're going to pray for courage. And we're going to pray that God will help us and that you will not be a silent partner. That you'll just simply say, Lord God, I don't know what my role is but I want to be faithful. I want to be faithful. What is the role you want me? I don't know what part I'm to play. I just want to serve you. Even if it means I'm going to face 
pressures like I've never faced before. I'm okay with it because I've committed my life into your care. Okay? Do you think we need do you think our world needs this? I do too. Let's pray. Father, thank you this day for speaking to our hearts. And I just pray right now, God, that maybe right here, right now, most of us just need to make sure that we're we renew our commitment to you. And we wanna we wanna follow you and we wanna follow your word. Jesus and we want to take the mantle that you give to us in our time. Um, we want to be faithful and we want to be engaged. And we need courage. Will you give us courage and will you help us to really delve deeply into what's going on in our world right now? And help us not to be afraid to speak truth in love. And to help see, we want to see people set free, oh God, because Satan is very active and he's destroying lives. And we, w- we want to be part of the solution, oh God. Give us courage. We're going to need it. In Jesus' name, amen.